Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and Americanamusicmagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Virginia-based singer-songwriter David Arne currently has three albums. Three of his music videos have been awarded film festival awards. He has been featured on NPR radio stations and BBC radio, and one of his songs was actually in rotation on Delta Airlines commercial flight. His latest album is Traveler Tales. On this edition of Americana Music Profiles, David joins me as we talk about his musical career and his latest release. Hi, David. Welcome to the podcast today. Hey, Greg. Thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Good to have you on. And um, uh, we had a few moments to catch up before we got started, which was fun, too. And uh, unfortunately, we don't get to include all of those little side bunny trails that that we get going down. But it was uh, fun. uh, getting started, and uh, we're going to let the listeners in on the rest of this conversation. You are in Virginia Beach, right? I'm in Virginia Beach, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is that has that been home from the beginning? Well, uh, not from the beginning. No, I, we're, we've lived in several different places in uh, in Virginia. I lived in uh, lived in Charlottesville for a while. Uh, lived in uh, a place called Woodville up in Rapp- Rappahannock County. Yeah, familiar okay. with Rappahannock County. Yeah, all. sure, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I lived there for, uh, for for a few years. I'm originally born in Ohio, uh, lived in, grew up in New Jersey, Connecticut, and then came down to Virginia, oh, probably about 40 years ago, and stayed here. This was a great place for us to raise a family, and, and uh, just just loved it here, stayed, you know. Yeah. Um, when did when did music get a hold of your life? How did that happen? Well. Uh, when I was very young, uh, my, my grandfather played piano professionally. He played in orchestras and things like that. And mm-hmm. it seems like there was always a piano in our house. And uh, I was the, the oldest of the family. And, and I think the, the regimen was that I had to take piano lessons. So I, I started on piano lessons very, <laughs> very early. Yeah. Uh, classical music, you know, and, uh, and took lessons for a good number, number of years. I'm probably going to say probably about eight years. And then uh, I think one day I turned on the radio and heard Elton John or Little Richard, and I said, oh, there's another way of playing this piano. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I just stopped. This is my classical lesson. You know, I didn't want to play Chopin anymore. Yeah. Uh, but but that's, uh, and then uh, in high school, I played in different bands, different groups, even in college. I did, did the same thing. And uh, and uh, that's that's really when I got, when I got started on that was that um, keyboard guitar. What was your instrument of of choice in that those days? Well, I feel most most comfortable on keyboard. Uh-huh. You know, I, I feel like I'm I'm pretty competitive on keyboard. You know, I, if I play by ear, if the band starts playing, they just tell me what key and I can pick it up. Oh, cool! And I also play I also play guitar, uh, but I'm self taught on guitar, and 
I would never take a lead, but I can play the rhythm, you see. Mm -hmm. and, uh, mm -hmm. uh, so I just, uh, you know, if I'm going to live stream something, if I'm going to do it, it's most likely going to be on one of my, one of my keyboards, and I, I would do that. But, um, but I just, uh, <clears throat> I had that in the early part of my life, and then uh, it, it stopped for a long time, you know. Okay. Uh, and then uh, about nine years ago, um, I really started to get back into it. I just started, uh, I, I wrote my first song nine years ago. And, really? Uh, okay. He, yeah, and uh, I was just, I really just got into it and um, put together an album that, that I put out, put out there. And uh, I really, it was just really meant for friends. I did send a, a couple of them out locally. And, uh, and uh, at the... Uh, there used to be a, uh, a bistrocky up in Richmond, George Maida. He's no longer with us, but he used to have a show up there called the Electric Crude. Oh, yeah, Electric I remember Crowd. that. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I sent him a CD, and uh, he uh, uh, sent me an email and said, uh, you're in the mix tonight. Wow, awesome. And I thought, oh, my God, I couldn't <laughs> believe it, you know. Yeah. And so I, I can still remember so clearly, you know, my wife and I kind of huddled around the the radio, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, wait for, for my song to come on. Yeah. And when it did, it was just such a rush, you know, yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And, um, but that's how I got started. You know, I thought, oh, Jesus, this stuff is easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, we, we, we were kind of having a, a nostalgic conversation before we got started. And, and even just, you know, nine or 10 years ago, I, the, the idea of trying to catch your song, uh, on the traditional radio, even on on some guy's curated program, uh, I mean, we've we've even kind of lost that these days. You know, it's oh sure uh, it is, especially yeah. Especially the young young generation, the young artists. Uh, I I don't even know if they completely understand um, the thrill of that. You know, of being able to finally get a, a DJ uh, who actually gets to pick his own music and and yes. uh, and and play. An artist like yourself, who he finds worthy of putting into the mix, you know. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, that's how I, I cut my teeth on that kind of stuff, and yeah. it was just like I thought, well, that's the path that you have to take. Uh, but you then, the further you get into it, you realize that the uh, the station managers have so much power, right? And, uh, right. Above them, it's the it's the advertisers that really have all the power. Sure. So yeah. You don't, uh, it's it's hard to get that uh, that kind of play. Oh yeah, but yeah. I you know, but I put that out there, and then through some quirk of fate that I don't even remember how it happened, um, but um, a song from that first album got put on Delta Airlines on there. You know, the music when you get on the flight. Yeah, I saw that in your notes. Uh, That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I had a, a ASCAP up in New York. They emailed me and they wanted to say, "Did you write this song, Andrea?" And I said, yeah, I did. And I said, well, we have a check here for you. It was for $750. Wow. You know, wow. That, uh, saying, and that was just so, those are, it was luck. Yeah. It was, you, you have any yeah. idea how they got a hold of the song? I'm not really sure how yeah. it was. Um, I think there was a station uh, on there uh, called Hello Music at the time or something. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. And they picked it up. And... Um, and it actually ran for for two months. Wow, uh, that's the, awesome! Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So that, that I thought that was pretty cool, but it was, believe me, it was all luck. 
Yeah. You know, when I yeah. look back on it now, I think, well, that wasn't such a great song. You know, <laughs> maybe nobody really listened to it. But uh, uh, but I but it was just uh, a very lucky circus. Yeah, well, we can call it luck, and I, I certainly get the sentiment of that when you say that. But if you hadn't recorded the song, you would have never had the chance to to have that lucky choice. So you know, there's still there's still some aspect of um, uh, ingenuity behind it too. You know, so sure. No, I, I understand. I understand. I just, uh, but I think what happened was that that, that inspired me. You know, yeah, uh, to sure. uh, to get better at it. You know, to kind of look around and. Uh, there was a pretty good recording studio here in Virginia Beach. Rob, uh, Rob Feldman or Rob Walsh runs that, and I started hanging out down there. And it was just like uh, going back to school again. You know, I, I just was very open minded. I just kind of sit behind him and watch what he did while he was recording people. Mm-hmm. And he'd explain to me what it was. And I kind of learned the, uh, I did that for about two years, you know, whenever I could get over there. And I kind of learned uh, about digital recording, you know, how it works. And so that was uh, a great experience. And then by the time I had put out my second album, I was uh, actually flew over to London and uh, was working with engineers over at, uh, at Abbey Road. Oh, wow. Uh, awesome. On, on, on that, you know. So I, <clears throat> I'm really just really kind of a timid person at heart. And I, I feel like I have to have all of the answers Right. Before I proceed, you <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, I'm not going to uh, do anything by chance. I'm going to find out exactly what the experts know. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and then I'll take a step forward. So I, I feel I consider myself very lucky that um, I feel myself privileged in, in being able to bring my music to people, uh, and uh, that's. That's basically my the story. You know? What drew you back in? I, I'm assuming life, family, career, all those kinds of things took you out of it. What What drew you back in? Um, well, I, I that's a good question. I think what it is when I alter school, I was always the guy who was the editor of the of the school newspaper okay. in college. Yeah. I was the editor of the of the literary magazine and also on the newspaper. And then uh, when I uh, uh, I w- went to graduate school at, uh, in Charlottesville at UVA and uh, and um, and actually published my first short story then at that time in, in the Virginia Quarterly Review. Uh-huh. Got the name of uh, Peter Taylor, who's a, a Pulitzer Prize winner. He was my mentor there. Oh, cool. And I was always on this path where I was going to be the writer. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and and what happened was that uh, when I first got done with school, I, I was you know doing some writing. There used to be a magazine called Virginia Magazine. I don't think they're around anymore. Yeah, I kind of remember that. One, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to write articles for them. Okay. And, uh, and uh, you know, and sometimes you you'd spend six weeks on a writing on a, a short story, and, and somebody would publish it, and then you get a check for seventy five bucks. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's that's the reality of it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, I just uh, you know moved on to uh, other businesses, did other things so I could eat, you know, sure. uh, and feed the feed the family. And then I, I came to a, a point in my life where the money was not that important anymore, and I just uh, I don't know whether the word is guilt or what, but I really had this this feeling uh, inside. That there was something missing, 
Mm. You know, that all through all the first part of my life, my mother used to take me to the library every to get books and we read and you know, and that was just always a big part of my life. I was if somebody wanted something for they always came to me. Mm. And I just uh I I uh, I felt that that was missing in my life, you know. Yeah. And so that's when uh, I, uh, I guess probably about nine or ten years ago, I just uh, sat down at the piano and started, uh, I said, let me see if I can write a few songs and huh. see how this works. And it just kind of took off from there. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, again, I just say I feel very lucky uh, to, to have that in my life right now. Because yeah. it really, uh, it really makes my there's a lot of value to me. Now, is this something that, that you have been able to do, focus on full-time? Do you still have uh, some sort of career job that you're doing and, and, and incorporate this into it? Or how, how is music uh, in your life today? How, how, do you, um, how do you bring that out? I, I do this full-time now. Yeah. Uh, That's awesome. what I do. Um, and uh, I had... Uh, <clears throat> Two different businesses uh, set aside, and I had sold one of them. And uh, I also have a, a rare book business that I've had for 25 years. Okay. And I'm, I'm still uh, selling from that, and uh, I'm probably will be out of that business in another year or so. Uh-huh. But it's given me the uh, the freedom, you see, that, uh, to go ahead and uh, and just concentrate on the. Uh, on the music, yeah, and it's it's a full time job, you know. Yeah. Uh, doing it when you consider uh, all the different parts that are in it, and it, you and I were talking earlier, you know, just about that you have to uh, you got to pluck the grapes from any vines. Uh, is what has to happen, and uh, and so you, uh, I produce I script videos and I produce music videos, um, awesome. Some of which have have won uh, film festivals, yeah. Um, and I, I write lyrics and send them off to other people and have them write the music for them. That yeah. Kind of stuff. Okay. And it's uh, it's a it's it's a lot of work, is what it is. It, it is. Work. I think the um, the the listener who isn't also a musician, which lots of times uh, listeners are musicians, even if they're just in their heart. But um, I don't think they appreciate. Um, the the behind the scenes work you know you hear a song on the radio you hear a song on spotify you watch a group play at a festival and you don't yeah. appreciate that what you're seeing on stage or hearing on the radio represents five or ten percent of what it took to get that to that performance you know it's um you you are exactly right you know i i can't i couldn't agree with you more my favorite expression on that is, is that people don't realize how much work it goes goes into creating three minutes worth of music. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, right. Writing, the, writing the song is the easy part. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doing that. Then you've got all this other heavy lifting that has to go on uh, uh, to really to, to make it work. But there is a, uh, uh, a tremendous amount of work. I can remember, you know, reading interviews with people, and, uh, you know, they, you know, how long did it take you to write that song? Not only wrote that song in about an hour, you know, and then we went and we recorded it, and I'm sitting there, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really do that, you know. I, I, I know, saw an interview with uh, the Johnston from the Doobie Brothers the other day, and he was talking about, uh, I, I think it was, um, uh, uh, 
uh, Oh Black Water, maybe? I, I forget now. Yeah, One yeah, of the songs. Yeah, but anyway, they, they kind of had the music. They'd been kind of using the music as a jam thing on stage, but they didn't have any lyrics. And somebody said, you know, you guys need to record that song. Like, we don't have any lyrics. And he said, so we kind of made them up in the studio when we went in to record the song. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, uh, exactly. If it wasn't that one, it was one of their big hits. And so, yeah, right. It's yeah. like uh, when you hear somebody do that, like, really? <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, just... exactly. I, I read a uh, thing about uh, Leonard Cohen and Bob Dylan were together, and uh, and uh, Bob Dylan uh, told Leonard Cohen how much he admired the song "Hallelujah," and he asked him how long it took him to write, to write it. And I think Cohen said something like, uh, "He's been working for five years or something." Yeah. <laughs> and wow. then uh, then Cohen has a go, and he says, "Well, how long did you?" Take you to write a song. He says, "Well, about two or three hours." Yeah, and it just—I just laughed. Yeah, yeah. So you—you have had three, four albums already, and I've got three. I just put out the latest one. It's called Traveler Tales. Is that the third or the fourth? Is that your third one? That's the third. Okay, yeah, that's my third one. Okay, yeah, and I just put that out and. uh, what it is is it's a collection of fourteen songs. Uh, it's uh, fourteen travelers uh, who are on a, on a common journey, and awesome. they're each telling their stories. Okay. Right so yeah. you've got yeah. uh, the veterans' tale, the mothers' tale, that kind of thing, and uh, they are done in uh, <clears throat> different different styles. I mean, some of them are in a folk style, uh, an acoustic style. There are something some songs that are uh, folk rock style, depending upon uh, who's telling the story. Mm, okay. And uh, it, it's kind of, it's based very loosely. Uh, there's a, uh, uh, some literature, uh, uh, Chaucer uh, wrote uh, the Canterbury Tales, which yeah. was, uh, you know, where you've got all these, all these different people on the journey, on a pilgrimage, and they're each telling their story. So that was just the uh, the vehicle that I borrowed on uh-huh. this, you know, that, uh, cool. that you would have all of these different people telling their story, and they're all they're all sung in the first person, they're all first person, you know, narratives. Yeah. And uh, and it's been uh, it, it, it it's been doing surprisingly well. Uh, there's a song in there called Mother's Day, the Mother's Tale, uh-huh. which has really uh, been been doing doing. I'm doing very well. You know, I'm very, very pleased. I'm surprised. I read in the notes uh, that you guys sent over that that had reached number one on the South African iTunes alternative folk chart. It just yes, for, yeah. Uh, was, there were two songs on it, and mine and somebody else's. Okay, <laughs> and we weren't second. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, congratulations! But it's just interesting. <laughs> how like how that song had to weave through all of the noise and all of the great grape vines of artists and songs and songwriters to land on a, a South African chart at number one you know it's just it's it's wild to see how that stuff works but well it, it is it is wild you're right that song came out in September and here we are in December now and on the uh, over in Europe on the digital our radio charts. That song made it as high as number three. Okay, awesome. And uh, and I, you know, 
like that. But again, it's all independent artists. Yeah. It's all on digital stations. They say there's about 8,000 stations uh, playing it. So I was very pleased with that. That's cool. Uh, but then I just got a notice the other day that uh, in Ohio, uh, that uh, in, in Akron and Canton, that area, there's a, a station there that has 19 affiliates, and they uh, like the song so much that they uh, have nominated the song of the year wow congratulations and, uh, that cool. just like that floored me yeah. uh, you know because i'm originally from that area all yeah. my relatives are in that area i've got a lot of relatives in the ground in that area yeah. and it was just like a spiritual homecoming for me to, yeah. to hear that so yeah. it just kind of keeps getting better you know every every week and it's exciting yeah you know, to, to see you know that's very cool um, yeah so it, it, things been good what do you, do you have plans as much as you can make plans to when the world opens up again, what does it look like to, to get out on the road and, and share this new record and, and uh, get on stage with it? I need to do that. Um, uh, the, the, the problem that I presented with right now is the fact that the, <clears throat> the guitarist on there uh, that I work with, uh, Toby Wilson, is over in England. And uh, I need to find somebody locally. I need. I need, I would like to find a, a really good acoustic guitar player locally here mm-hmm. that I can work with, and we can, uh, you know, I can teach him a ten song set, and so that we can go out there and, and do that. Uh, it, I have to do that. You know, I have to in order for people to uh, hear the music. And there's just a there's going to be a, a pent up need. Yeah, people can hear live live music again. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Oh know. my gosh, yeah. The yeah, longer this goes on, I mean, everybody says, you know, we think by April we'll be able to open the world again, and man, I hope so. I tell you, there's a lot of, there's a lot of you guys and us guys that are, uh, yeah, hanging on, <laughs> waiting on that to happen. Um, oh yeah, absolutely, and and I just see that with uh, so many. Uh, 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 musicians that are doing live streaming and they got GoFundMe's going on and things like that yep. because yep. Uh, you know you can't make it on the Spotify streams. No. You know, the only way that you can really make money anymore is by uh, uh, getting out there and performing. Yeah, uh, if you pay the rent, that's how you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would like to do that very much. I uh, need to. The, the thing I'm uh, just kind of pampered by a little bit right now is I need. I know of some good people locally, but. Because of quarantining and everything like that, we really can't get together in the same room. Yeah, practice, right, you know, right. that kind of stuff. Yeah. and see, and see what we've got. Yeah, but, uh, it's necessary. I've got to do that. Yeah. Well, we certainly wish you well with it. I, I really like the music and uh, enjoyed talking to you. And and um, what's the what's the best way for folks to reach out to you? Uh, social media, website, that kind of thing. They want to hear the new music and hear some of this uh, new album that you've got. Okay, uh, well, we can find my website at uh, davidarn.com. And then, of course, uh, I'm on uh, on Facebook. It's David Arn Music uh, on uh, on Facebook. And I think it's David Arn Music on Spotify as well. That's how you can, you, can, you can find it there. And that's A-R-N, right? A-R-N, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, good. Thanks, David. It's been awesome. Yeah, thank you, Greg. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. As I said earlier, you you know that uh, I really admire what you're doing, and I I still don't. You must be robbing banks at night in order to put out that magazine, <laughs> that's the fine magazine you put out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I really you've been doing it for a long time, and you, you really do it well. And so it's an honor for me to, 
to talking to you right now. I really appreciate that very much. Thank you. Coming from, from you and, and someone with a literary b- background, I, I appreciate that even more. So thanks a bunch. Okay, great. Have a good one. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.